What's up, what's up, what's up, chillers and spillers? What is going on? I haven't been live since June. So I am officially back with my live interviews, and I'm happy to be here with Quadir Porter. Say hey, Quad. Hey, everybody. <laughs> All right, so for those that don't know, this is my cousin, my first cousin on my father's side. His mom interviewed two weeks ago. So, yes, we're keeping it in the family. There are a lot of entrepreneurs in our family, and we're just going to keep making that generational wealth. Right, Quad? Uh, amen to that. Amen to that. Let's cheers. Cheers to that. All right, so we're sipping on... Um, Carlo Rossi Pink Sweet Sangria. I hope we don't get in trouble for this, but yeah, let me take that off. Um, so we're si- sipping on some sweet wine. So like I said, thank you, thank you, thank you to all for joining and being a part of Chillin' Spill of Tea. So we're going to get started because I don't want to um, keep quiet here too long. And you know how Instagram Live do us. They only give the underdogs an hour. Really? <laughs> yes, oh, I didn't know that. only an hour. Like wow. that's crazy. And then I have to get off like right before the hour is up because they will take it off and then I can't find it. Wow. So, yeah, they, that's how they do the underdogs. But we're trying to get rich so we can be, you know, <laughs> we can have more time on live. All right. So let's get started. I want to say thank you for coming. Of course. Thank you for having me. I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate you being here with me today. Absolutely. So how's everything going in your life before we get into the business? How's everything going in your life? Everything is going great. Um, I'm looking to actually go back to school. And so I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking to go back to school. Let me tell you, we always go to school for something, (laughs) okay? We stay in school for something because I'm actually looking to go back too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't don't know what I'm thinking about, but I'm actually going back soon. (laughs) I don't know why I'm doing this to myself again. But yeah, so what what are you going to school for this time? So, um, I talked to one of my fraternity brothers. Um, I'm an Alpha Alpha also, Fraternity Incorporated. And, um, it was giving me a program for uh, executive master's program mm-hmm. in like nonprofit work or oh, my PhD in business administration. And so those are the two fields I'm looking at because I've always, I read about business all the time. Mm-hmm. I have like a whole stack of books about different business practices, running mm-hmm. organizations. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of unique things when it comes to nonprofits mm-hmm. uh, in, in my city. Uh, I live in North New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I want to do more research in that field for, you know, Really, the field circles around minority business owners and people who run nonprofits and some of the pitfalls they kind of go through in regards to getting funding or running or starting up. And so, the more I've been reading, the more I've been amazed about some of the gaps that are there. And a lot of gaps. Right. And trying to use some unique ways to try to raise funds and get clientele, but not having to work 12, 16 hours a day. Ooh. Amen to that. So, good luck with that. Thank you. You you know, you always have my well wishes. That's TBD. <laughs> so, can you believe the summer is almost over with? Uh, no, no. Any any fall plans coming up? I'm going to Las Vegas, actually. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, love, I love, I love yes. LA. I love LA. Um, and I know you, you've gone a couple of times already, yep. right? Yeah, went broke a couple of times, too, going up there. LA <laughs> It is. It is. It is. It's very expensive, but it's to me. It's always a pleasure. Like I love. I love LA. I love LA. Yes. All right. So let's get into it. Absolutely. All right. So who is Quadia Porter? Where are you from? Any kids? Single? Married? Engaged? Spill a tea? Because you know this is chill (laughs) and spill a tea. So spill a tea, Quad. Absolutely. Um, What what Quadia Porter is? I was born and raised in North New Jersey, 1990. I'm a Leo. 
Oh, um, my daughter is a Leo too. <laughs> Shout out to Leo. That's on. That's <laughs> I went to. Uh, I graduated from uh, Saint Benedict's Prep. Mm-hmm. It's in Newark, and I went to Rutgers University. Mm-hmm. And I graduated with a degree in public health, and then I got my master's in health administration from a school called Walden University. Okay. Um, and I currently work as a project manager. It's called onboarding project manager for IT company called Athena Health. Okay. And so I do that. I also I invest in real estate. I started my own real estate company called Greater North Real Estate No Company, um, where we buy and hold uh, real estate in urban areas to kind of combat urban blight. Mm-hmm. We bought our first property two years ago, and now we're looking to expand and mm-hmm. buy a couple of more um, in 2023 with the lessons that we learned from like these last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, in regard to having tenants, evicting tenants, like having not compliant tenants, people mess up your property. So these last two years have been just a learning experience. Experience, that's what it sounds like. Really much. Mm-hmm. Um, but a part of that um, that experience was actually the start of my nonprofit too because we saw that in the community um, that there were some issues happening. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to, to really combat that. And the way we combat that was was about starting a nonprofit. Nice, yep. nice. No kids. No um, kids. Been married for seven years. Ooh, how you doing? Yep. <laughs> What's yep. the secret? What's the secret? Ooh, patience. <laughs> Patience and communication. That's all it is. You hear that, single people? And and people that are in relationships. Patience and communication. Yeah. From the guy that's been married for seven years, okay? <laughs> that's a whole nother probably episode we got to have. Oh, yeah. That, that. Yeah, you got to come back for yeah. that. Okay? All right. So, second question. So, build, brothers building a better nation, right? Yes. Let's talk about it. Yes. Tell us how, you know, it all came about and how it got started and when. So in 2020, when I first bought the house in August, there was brothers outside of my uh, house. Your your personal home. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, that's the house that we first, that's our first investment property. Mm-hmm. We bought it and there's two other units um, that's on top. We rent those out. And so uh, a couple of um, guys, um, you know, were telling me that, hey, that the homeowner there, well, the lady that used to have the property, she was very biased and stuff like that. Like, it used to be an Airbnb, and she would let them rent there and everything. And, you know, how she feels though she was racist and X, Y, and Z. And they said they thought I was another Airbnb customer. And I said, oh, no, actually, I bought this house. And they were just like, they've never seen a black male. Like, there's no black male um, homeowners on my street. Okay, because you live in North North. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. predominantly... Um, Spanish, right? Uh, yeah, well, actually, it's, it's Central Water, actually, because at the census, they 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 spread out Central Water a little bit more. Oh, okay, they did. Okay, right. but mm-hmm. it's closer to the north, it north is. side of North. Okay, it used to be North Nork just a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so oh, yes. Okay, yes. I see. I see. They I did see. A, um, the census. Okay, and then they re pretty much redid it. But yeah, we're still we're Central. We're Central Water. Okay. but it's still a lot of Latinas and yep. Latinos that mm-hmm. live on your block. Yes. Yep. So right okay, so mm-hmm. she was con- The lady was biased. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, you know, also a lot of the guys like to have a lot, a lot of big parties, so I can yeah, kind of see why yeah, she didn't yeah. want to X, Y, Z. So it wasn't really her being biased. It was just like you know, she just mm-hmm. had a preference on who she wanted to rent to because of right. you know she didn't want her property to be damaged. Exactly. Okay. So, exactly. And they probably just didn't understand that. Right. Once okay. again, they they didn't really engage um, okay. with them. Like I said, a lot of times the biz- a lot of the bi- a lot of people on the properties on the street don't live on that street. Those are like. 
biz, yeah, like, business people. Yeah, business okay. people. Those are like second, third, third properties, properties that they okay. have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why, number one, the blight is so bad because mm-hmm. if they don't live there, they don't really take care of it. Yeah, that's true. And so essentially, you know, she will call the police every time they'll be around and stuff like that. So they got a very bad relationship with mm-hmm. her and that's one of the reasons why she wanted to sell the house because she was it was becoming more of a headache and then she was just over it exactly but then they got someone as wonderful as you oh. okay <laughs> so that's how um brothers building a better nation came about yeah well okay. yeah so what happened was that um number one you know my partner um was also worried because you know we we, we worked in new york city mm-hmm. And some other half was saying that I really don't feel safe, like walking back and forth um, at night. And so it was those really those two issues. It was my my spouse being concerned about coming home safe, which of course that's a main that's the main thing. And then also you had these brothers who just who were dis- disenfranchised, mm-hmm. who just really feel like they didn't have a home. And they was born and raised in the area. Like the people in that block saw them grow, grow up, mm-hmm. and but now the people in that block fear them because yeah. they look at them as monsters, which you know dehumanizes them. And it allows their lives, unfortunately, when they um, perish because of drugs or, or, or whatever the case may be, or gang violence, um, there's, no, there's no mourning, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that was something I said has to change. Mm-hmm. And so what I basically did was that one of the guys that I was working with before the nonprofit started, um, you know, we was working, I was getting the therapy because I had my, my doctor, Dr. Robert Johnson, who are honoring at the mm-hmm. at the launch event yeah. on September the 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was getting them hooked up to see him and everything because he just got out of prison, but the guy uh, passed away, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. of uh, uh, gang violence. Wow. And after he passed away, and smart... Hey, hey Ree. Smart. Oh, there's Ree. Um, after I saw him pass away, I said, like, something has to change. And I went up to the brothers, because um, there's a store right across the street uh, from my house and that where they usually congregate at. And I said, hey, you know, what, what, you know, uh, what do you guys, like, basically need to be able to get, you know, get off the streets? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you know, you guys are dying. Yeah. And a lot of these guys were 18, 19, 20, you know, um, and they told me what they needed. And they said that, hey, we need jobs, we need uh, health care, yeah. we need benefits, mm-hmm. we need, like, uh, uh, like mentorship around it. And because they were basically saying, like, we need ways to navigate through the system mm-hmm. because it's not very responsive. No. It's not very not. caring. Nope. And some of the brothers had dyslexia. Some of the guys didn't finish high school. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of them also had parents who were, um, you know, doing drugs themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just had all these kind of things built with them. And so the first thing I did was I tested and I went to go to like, you know, like downtown and some of these so other So you did like surveys. Yeah, I, I went to go experiment and see that because a lot of them saying like these places don't help. And I was just like, come on. Okay, all right. So I get right. what you're saying. Exactly. I said like, come on now. They, I mean, they, they, that's what they're built for. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm paying these taxes. Mm-hmm. It's for these organizations to be able to help you. And I went to a couple of shelters, and I went to like you know a uh, basically a one stop center, um, and you you really see the dysfunction because first of all the people at the front desk are exhausted, they're overworked, especially during the pandemic, um, and a lot of times they give these guys these applications for these things, and like I said, some of them can't they read, read. Yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and and so but they're not going to tell you that they can't read, mm-hmm. you know. And they'll act out in right. certain ways, like getting upset right. or, right. you know, or um, doing something in the community exactly. that they're not supposed to do because they, they you know, they're 
um, fighting their insecurities, and that's the only way they know how is to act right. act out. Right. Yeah. And you also got to take it to the mindset of their thought process. Mm-hmm. It's like for them to actually, because first of all, it's um, looked down upon mm-hmm. when a man asks for help mm-hmm. in our in the black community, in our community. And then number one, when you go down there to those organizations, because those people are a lot of times saying like those either receptionists or a lot of case managers. Um, in the back of their minds, like this is a perfectly like you know healthy man mm-hmm. coming here trying to get food stamps something like that. Why is X, Y, and Z? And there's a level of shame there as well mm-hmm. for the guy trying to do. So when you get to that point, a lot of times they're already at their lowest. Mm-hmm. And then for them to spend their last three, because sometimes three or four dollars, that's that's the world to these to, to these guys. Because mm-hmm. every cent they're trying to save, because a lot of them are homeless, functionally homeless. They live with either the mom and the girlfriend, or they're bouncing from friend's house to friend's house. And so for them to get down there and feel, finally build the courage to say, I need help. And then for somebody to get agitated for you asking for help, mm. that's what causes a lot of them to recidivate back into the streets. And so um, when I saw that, I was like, something has to change. Um, we have to be we have to be an organization where, you know, we you know, they don't have to come to us. We come to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they need in home interventions and direct intervention. Mm-hmm. So I looked up direct intervention programs. Um, uh, there was a case model in Canada um, that they ran, and I took those things, and I also took things from the civil rights movement. So let's get into like the direct yeah. services. Yes, yes. So we basically deal with wraparound services. So we help mm-hmm. brothers find if they need housing. We try to help them navigate through the system to get housing. Mm-hmm. If they need health benefits, uh, you know, we help them apply for Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they need employment, mm-hmm. uh, we help them with job tra- uh, with job training, pretty much interview training. So mm-hmm. we do interview training, and then we plug them in with some of our business partners mm-hmm. to help them get work. And mm-hmm. we're trying to get an apprenticeship program up and running uh, so that the brothers can have a better transition mm-hmm. um, into there. But the primary thing is that for the first six to eight weeks, um, that's what we call the healing phase. Mm-hmm. So for 12 weeks, we pretty much work with them, and then they look to graduate to independent living. So the first six to eight weeks is basically them doing community service and them seeing therapy. They do group therapy every week um, with myself or one of the uh, people in the, yeah, yeah, in the organization. Yeah, that was one of my questions. Yep. Uh-huh. And then um, after that six to eight week period, they start doing um, you know mock interviews. They get assigned a mentor, and uh, you know we basically get them ready for their interviews at the next stage. And right that's now awesome. we have, I mean, it's, it's, that's, it's, that's awesome. It, it that, takes a lot. That's awesome. Qua. That's what I'm, they said so they needed. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. But that's what they said they needed, yeah. you know? Um, and I think, uh, a lot of times with nonprofits, what I've learned is that we, we do a lot of action, but we don't do a lot of listening. And we understand that the grant writers and like the people that's, you know, giving us the money, we have to follow what they need, but that's why you have to be very wary of certain grants and certain funding you kind of get because with, you know, like people are fluid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like one issue that you might be having right now is maybe not the same issue that you wrote the grant for at that time. Yeah. So now you're stuck with this money you really can't use or you're going to be using it in, ineffectively. Mm-hmm. So we try to find unique ways to raise funds, stuff like that, to give us that freedom to be able to, um, you know, address the issues that the brothers are having, mm-hmm. uh, while at the same time making sure we could, you know, look to expand and grow at the same time. Mm. I think that's the end of the interview. No, <laughs> <laughs> You're like all questions answered, done. <laughs> all questions are like answered already. All right, so that's awesome. But when did it start? Like, uh, roughly, like 
Like, when did you start this program? Uh, I would really say it started September 2022. And we got the first funding in... Um, 2022. 2021, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm year. like, wait, we didn't get the... Uh, that's right. next month. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and we officially start, was able to do the One Nation program in April of 20 of this year. Okay. So we was actually able to get... Um, we onboarded three bro- um, three guys, three okay. young men. So you have something. three right now? Yes, three. Okay, yep. total of three. And mm-hmm. how is that going? Um, it has been a roller coaster. It's been a lot. They're doing well, number okay. one. I will start off with the good news. They're doing well. Um, one of them, um, you know, moved back down to North Carolina with his family and stuff like that. And he's working at Amazon right now. Okay, good. The other two are, uh, they're about to uh, start working in the airport. Okay. Um, and one wants to be a mechanic or a general contractor. And the other one wants to uh, work with planes and everything. So, um, you know, they're, they're doing well. They're on the last part in the last list. They just have to, um, you know, finish, like, the onboarding paperwork and everything for them. I think their um, mm-hmm. interview is in two weeks, I believe, mm-hmm. to kind of finalize. So they pretty much got the job. They just have to finish up, but like, you know, taking various tests and stuff like that, like background mm-hmm. checks, drug tests, and then after that, they'll get their start date. So we've come so far from them literally being on the street or homeless or, you know, addicted to drugs to now them being independent now. How did you recruit them? Did they come to you or did you go, did you do like community outreach? Mm-hmm. So I went that one is good. Yeah, huh, it, is, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that's dope. Yes. Okay. So, you know, that's my best friend, Nish. She is like Anish. giving you some praise. Thank you so much. <laughs> so um, I literally went up to them, you know, okay. um, I went up to them. That's one part of direct intervention is that with direct intervention, you look to go to the individuals okay. and you look to um, to try to uh, break any um, issues when it comes to uh, any roadblocks they're having. So I, went, I literally went up to them. Um, I, I pitched to them the idea of the nonprofit. Uh, they was like, uh, that sounds crazy because you're going to pay us money because one part we pay them a weekly stipend, okay. a living stipend. Um, and you got this money through the grants or you come out of yes, okay. I got it through a, through a grant with seed funding through the uh, Rustberry uh, Foundation. Okay. Um, they gave us uh, $35,000 to basically start this uh, program. And it was awarded. I know. It was, <laughs> I think, but it, it took a part, a part of it was people voting. So I think like I shared like the link for the people to vote for. I was, one, I was yes. one of the people. Exactly. I got to look them out. That's my cousin, y'all. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so it was from like the cheers for the people in the community. Um, that got us that money and okay. we was able to uh, invest it into these young men um, you know with 100% of the funds but all towards them none of it went to any of our pockets all of it is to them and like either paying them the living stipend buying them suits mm-hmm. um, helping them with getting their driver's license wow. um, you know like one time one of them had an issue where uh, they was kicked out their home and mm-hmm. they were homeless with their child and so what we did was that we housed them inside of a hotel for a while and got them like picked up on his feet and you know uh, that's what the one that got the job down there in Amazon and everything and North Carolina yeah exactly and uh, doing well you know we're still coaching him we're still trying to guide him from here um, he's going to be coming back up from North Carolina um, for the uh, launch event oh nice but th- that's the reason why our organization was made because there's too many times where uh, you know as men we just feel as though that we have to take on everything and we have to fight back on everything where with a social, with a, a strong social support network, mm-hmm. um, you can bounce back from different things, mm-hmm. you know. But it's trying to build that pipeline for brothers that still a work in progress, 
and that still just takes a lot of time and investment. So I feel like we're getting close to where we want to be mm-hmm. as an organization to be able to help brothers navigate, but we're still waiting for some key pieces to still be laid down. All right, so with the direct intervention, um, how many people did you try to reach before you were able to get those three people that was willing to come on board? There was about a dozen brothers a um, dozen. at first. Okay. Uh, you know, I pitched the idea to him, I talked to him, and, um, you know, one brother, he he moved down to Georgia, so he wasn't able to participate, and the other two said, yeah, quiet. we're, you know, we're tired of what we're doing, we're willing to, you know, really kind of be along. And so they was with me when I was first writing for grants and first trying to get money to fund it and everything. That was last year in September. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was about, like I said, about six months, six or seven months until I was able to get the money. And they was like, listen, man, we're going to start getting stipends, man, because, you know, we got to go back in the streets if we don't. So it was like that pressure. Um, and it was it was a lot. It was a lot. But they they stuck. They stuck around. Um, and they're still they're still doing it, and now they're looking to transition. And as soon as they get their uh, like the, the like the jobs and start working, then we work with them. We get housing, at least the ones in, in New Jersey, because we have a partnership with the city where they're able to get um, basically their first um, month's rent paid for. Oh, nice! And they, yes, yep, it's through the um, Office of Social Services. I forgot the exact name of the mm-hmm. other department, but is that way they can help transition them into a uh, um, independent living but need two pay stubs and they need to get their credit up so that's why i work with them step each step, step on the way yeah. yeah so with the the god let's go back i'm i'm just i just want to go back to direct intervention yes. so you say you had a dozen um guys interested. right and interest, interested interested yeah. what make what what do what do you think was their reason for like pushing back on the idea? Like they didn't believe in it, or they weren't ready to like yeah. get clean. Um, actually, I just think that well, first of all, it's the follow up. A lot of like what's actually interesting is that all of them wanted to join it. Okay, it's never um, because when you when you present look, like money, you present or, it, yeah. right? They're like, well, all sign up. But it's, number one, where are they at in their lives at that yeah. time? Some of them, um, they lose their phones quite a lot. They get mm-hmm. their phones stolen. They don't have a fixed place to live. And like I said, our program isn't built up enough to house people yet. We, yeah. don't, we don't have shelter um, yeah. for these brothers yet. Mm-hmm. So some of them, we see them on the block, and then the next day they're gone, you know? Um, you know, and so with these two, uh, with these young gentlemen that's in there right now, Thankfully, they're uh, they have strong um, mothers mm-hmm. who are housing them. Mm-hmm. Um, the mothers are, are working parents, mm-hmm. and it's a stabilized living. It's just that these guys are just trying to learn how to navigate to become independent. So it was just honestly just you know we just basically got the two guys who were like at a somewhat stable space, but just needed guidance right now, mm-hmm. and that's why we're just looking to you know really publish our research and and the surveys after. Um, after they're done to do the surveys this week to really show where they're at, where they're now, and also what um, what more can be done. Mm-hmm. Because with direct intervention, once again, you go out to the people. Yeah. Like, there's mm-hmm. no office they have to go to. The the case managers, the workers go out there, and they talk to the bros on the basketball court, or they knock, they knock on the doors for, like, the, um, you know, for these different places that might have housing brothers who are still trying to, find a way out of the yeah. you know out of the mess that sometimes they're in uh, and that's the key thing uh, and that's one thing that we found there was really no organization that helped with the mental health aspect yeah. but getting it's, there's therapy. never right. uh, an organization for that right. and that's 
so mm-hmm. important for yeah. these brothers, you yes. know? Yep. And at the same time, combine it with the job training and transition part of it as well. Because they either get them straight to work mm-hmm. or they get them some social like benefits, like some um, mental health benefits or stuff like that. Or, but there's no connection with job and employment or volunteer yeah. work. So... You gotta stay with, with with men. You gotta you gotta keep us moving. You gotta keep us going. That's true. And that's so true. that's but that's why we built it. We really built it off their feedback. Mm-hmm. Whatever they said that they need, so they can kind of get out of the space they're at. We look to try to do. And I've and you know I when I took my woman's entrepreneurial course, they always say you have to listen to your clients. You have to listen to your customers. That's one of the foundations. Yep, that's business. one of the yep. final, So I'm happy that you're following through with what they want right. because that's the most important. Because that's how you're gonna keep them. Yes. With you in your organization. All right. So, do you have any employees? No employees, all okay. volunteers. All about oh, even nice. my executive board. Yep, nice, everybody's nice. a volunteer. Okay, yep. and this is a nonprofit organization, the 501C3. right? Five hundred one C three. Okay, would you hire? Would you eventually hire? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, we're looking for that for the next. So after the launch event on September the seventeenth, we're looking to um, now take this research that we have and this um, information we have and start doing uh, a couple of rounds of grant writing. And so we're looking to be able to um, hire a case manager and a part-time assistant, virtual assistant, um, to kind of help us with um, expanding. So we're looking at our goal is to bring in 10 more um, brothers in the program. Um, this case manager is going to be specifically for those 10 guys. And um, we're looking to continue to, you know, mm-hmm. see how this research and everything does. And we're looking to scale. So, yeah, it is, um, there is goals within the next year to hire uh, people have some interns also. Okay, so you're the CEO of this organization, right? Yep. Do you have like a partner? I'm vice president. You have yep. a vice. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. All right. So who is who inspire you or inspires you? <laughs> I mean, there's so many. First, my mom. I mean, that's okay. the number one. She started her own company called Shelley's Way, mm-hmm. and she also made a, a nonprofit. From my grandmother's, uh, I don't remember, it's my grandmother called Eve's Family Foundation. Our grandmother. Yes, yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Grandma grandma played a pivotal part of her life. Um, And of course, mine, because she raised me. Because she raised you. Um, And so seeing my mom just drive, even when Mm -hmm. she doesn't know how to do something, Mm -hmm. she's going to drive and find a way to get it done. Mm Um, and just to see how she, where she's come from too. Like she's born and raised in Newark. She was kicked out at a very early age, about 15 to 16 years old. And, you know, there's a lot to her uh, story, her testimony that inspired me. Um, there was right. also, uh, you know, Malcolm X always been a big influence in my life. Mm. And um, you kind of like look like him with those glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, reading is crazy after a while. Um, and he would play a big part of my life because he introduced me sort of like t- to this model that I'm looking to kind of usher in. Because okay. even though, um, you know, we're, of course, we're not a religious organization, but the um, Nation of Islam, you know, as a business model, had a very unique way of bringing in brothers from these kind of areas in life when it comes to either being recently incarcerated or in a pathway there and getting them back um, into society, get them back into the community. Um and so we took some of the elements from them, um, and then also Huey P. Newton, his book mm-hmm. Revolutionary mm-hmm. Suicide. Um, that one was so pivotal to me. Also looking to do something like this because Huey P. Newton, um, in that, uh, well, Doctor Huey P. Newton, because he got his doctorate, 
uh, wrote that, you know, a revolutionary, um, it comes to a point where a revolutionary understands that, you know, he's going to die or she's yeah. going to die, yeah. whether it is physically, spiritually, but the thought of being uh, oppressed or being an oppressive system is, uh, you know, makes that revolutionary go to that, like, point mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and that was powerful to me because it's, it's very much true. If you looked at the revolutionaries over the years, they had to sacrifice something, either their their name and everything because it got slandered or like their personal or, or like physically uh, like and they passed away. And, you know, reading books like that and being around individuals like that is what inspired me to uh, do this work. Okay. Uh, and there's so many to list over, but those are like the three like first people that I think about. That's awesome, Qua. Yeah. That and is, my spouse, of course. And yeah. shout out. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to him. All right. So, look. Let's get into So, answer those questions. All right. So, do you love what you do? I love it. Okay. I mean, if I could make this really my full, full-time job, that'd be great. But the resources got to go to the people that need it the most, yeah. which is the brothers and everything in the program. Um, I love it because, number one, I've met so many different people. I've met um, the uh, CEO of an electric company called KB Electric. Nice. Um, they, uh, they're partnering with us, and they're looking to donate a portion of all the referrals we send to them mm-hmm. um, over to us. Uh, EcoFusion, I met their uh, founder and their president. It's a black-owned pest control company. They're donating 20% of all new referrals, like the, um, the funds get from new referrals, mm-hmm. onto the nonprofit. Um, I've spoken with um, Judge Michael, uh, District Court Judge Michael Shibb, who's appointed by Barack Obama, mm-hmm. um, the head of compliance for Five Below, Justin Darko, all these nice. amazing, amazing, uh, like men and individuals. Mm-hmm. C- COO of Nork Alliance, um, you know, uh, she, she's played a pivotal role. Um, she's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna Walker. It's just all these amazing Oh, people. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all these amazing, amazing people I've met because I've, um, well, num- a, lot, a couple of them are in my fraternity, but, you know, I haven't engaged with them as much, but this organization mm-hmm. um, had me re-engaged with some of these people, and it's opened a lot of doors for myself. It's pushed me to become a better leader. That's mm-hmm. why I want to go back to school, because, you know, the Gaza program deserves the best. I can see you being president of the United States, Qua. Man, and they, that's, that's, that's spilling the tea once again. That's, that's they're going to spill all of it. My God, I'm not going to the whole kettle. I'd rather, no, don't catch me. Uh-uh. <laughs> Let me just be behind the scenes. I can do it just fine there. So, okay, so is it anything that you least like about the company? I mean, because, you know, I'm a business owner, too. Right. And I know it's certain things that I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. with the marketing, like, I, I got to be on my P's and Q's about yes. I don't always I don't want to always be marketing, you know, because right. it's it's just a lot. Exactly. So, to me, that's what I like least about my business. What what do you like least about your business? Oh, uh, the least I like, uh, the, the, the least thing I like about for my business or the area it is, is... I don't know if this is even in my in my business, but the follow up for sometimes the outside vendors or organizations mm, when it comes yeah. to helping some of our clients, mm. um, because it's it's like you have sometimes only one chance for this guy and everything. Yeah. You got one shot mm-hmm. to get something right mm-hmm. so that they can continue going down the right pathway. Because they're kind of sometimes looking for an excuse for why this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, because you'd rather go back to what you do know than explore something new and different. Away because it's comfortable, you know. Exactly. It's, yeah, that's what their that's that's their environment. Exactly. That's what they're used exactly. to. Exactly. So there was a, a, a situation where one of our guys um, called on um, the emergency line um, for I think emergency, uh, like you know, I think it was for welfare assistance or something like that. And the person told him, like, oh, you know, what you have is not an emergency. You know, you have to go back and these apologize. Pe- oh, my God. These and, people. And that broke them. That really broke oh. um, And it really broke my heart, too, because it's like, you know, like, it's like they, they don't like a lot of times a lot of the organizations don't listen. And the reason why they don't listen is because either they got a strict criteria that they have to follow or, or they're, they're just mean to, as hell. Let's just keep right, it real. Right. Or they're just trying <laughs> they to They don't get like their to, job. Exactly. So you kind of got that. And then the guy's just like, well, you know, once again, I've opened myself up. I'm already feeling very funny about trying to get any help, period. And now that happens. And you lose them. So that's frustrating because you work. When you put in 8, 10, 12 weeks of blood, sweat, and tears, getting them these interviews, coaching them, uh, building all this stuff up. And seeing that one thing um, kind of knocks them down. You know, I don't like dealing with people in the public. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I. It's, it's poor customer service. Yes. like the customer service is so poor. Mm-hmm. Like they don't care yeah. about the people. It's just a, a it's a job that pays the bills. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But they don't care about these people' lives out here. They don't yeah. care. They, yeah. Oh, I, ooh. That's another. That's another topic. It's, 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 we, it is, we're gonna have to come bad. back and talk about that because I can be here all day talking about poor yep. customer service. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yep. Okay, so you're located in Newark, right? Yep. All right. So let's talk about the. Let me see how much time. Okay, we got some time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the um, the the different organizations that's helping you fund. Yes. Okay. Let's because I know you named some people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Is it any people that you left out? Like any organizations that you left out? Yeah, so I think that's I mean that's an excellent question because it really talks about our funding model, yeah, right? How do yeah. we how are we able to yeah. get funding for this? Mm-hmm. So uh, grant writing of course, we all do grant writing. Rustberry Foundation helped fund the initial mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. But I saw that uh, grant writing and me trying to fit a lot of these criteria wasn't the best wasn't the best use of my time at that time. Okay. Because number one, when you kinda get addicted to one way of trying to get money mm-hmm. And if that money dries up, then you're done. Um, like, I was a part of a program called Brotherhood Health Initiative when I was younger. And it, you know, then developed to adolescent youth. Um, it called the Adolescent Youth Development Program. And um, then they pretty much went under because their funding uh, got dried up. Mm. And I did want it for this program. So one of the unique things I did was I partnered with, um, and I partnered with organizations and basically I make the, Pretty much the corporate partnerships where the more business we drive to them, um, we're able to that's, get the money smart. to fund it. Yes. That's smart. And it also teaches the brothers how to, um, you know, fundraise and, mm-hmm. and, and, and work. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, one of the things that we get to give them stipends. But as they look to transition, if they start to get enough referrals in there, that can supplement the money. That can supplement the money. Because part of when a nonprofit um, gets money in there, it goes straight to them, really. Mm-hmm. So that helps us extend if they need more um, time as they look to transition to employment to carry on the stipend. So it teaches them about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It teaches them how to market mm-hmm. everything in themselves. And we teach them unique ways of, of being able to market and get the referrals in. Um, and the uh, other ways that we um, are connected with Apple through Benevity, 
And so for every um, dollar that our premiums gets donated from Apple employee, um, Apple matches it uh, with two other dollars. So they basically, you know, you get triple the amount um, of the donation. And also they volunteer time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they volunteer time for our organization, either like calling with phones or helping us with some virtual administrative tasks, Apple pays us basically the equivalent of their salary. And oh, nice. So, yep. And so that's why we're very active. We're engaged uh, with the Apple employees mm-hmm. and everything as well. Because just by creating, you know, uh, like encouragement cards mm-hmm. to the brothers mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, doing like an hour phone call with them to keep them like that, you know, we'll be able to get more money through that way. Yeah. Um, you know, then we do events like the mm-hmm. launch event, um, where it's free. Let's get but, into that. Yes. Let's get into that. Yep. But there's multiple ways that we look mm-hmm. to make, um, look to get donations and get revenue because we just don't want to be stuck um, in one way. And lastly, what my ultimate goal is, is that um, I'll be able to buy enough properties that the nonprofit, my for-profit be linked mm-hmm. and a portion of all the you know, for-profits uh, revenue go to the nonprofit. But then as we're buying the houses, the brothers can have apprenticeship opportunities and actually build those houses as well. Mm-hmm. And then that's where Brothers Building a Better Nation, that whole vision comes full, yeah. comes full, circle. full circle. Because we help re- rehabilitate them, we help bring them in, we help show them skills, and then we help give them um, opportunities to rebuild their communities instead of being seen as people trying to break them down. Mm-hmm. And then that way you can combat urban blight and all those other things, you reinvest back into the community. And so that that's really Brother Will Nation full circle. And that's when the pipeline to me has been kind of completed. Once you have a program that helps rehabilitate them, encourages them, mentors them, and now gets them job training and it's all in-house. It's all in-house. Um, and so that's, the, that's really where the name really comes from, mm-hmm. is that we're all looking to build a better environment, a, bit, a better nation by getting everyone involved. Um, and really just giving, uh, you know, a lot of these brothers the skills they need to, to, to succeed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Whew, you're giving me an, an earful, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love this. I love this because you know what? Our brothers need this. I'm so sick of them not having the resources sources and not knowing where and who to turn to, yes. you know. And, you know, it is a cry for help. Yes. That's why we have crime. That's why we have this. That's why we have that. Because it's just a cry for help. Yes. They need help. They need someone to turn to. And I'm happy they, that they have you to turn to. I'm, I'm, you know? yeah, I'm blessed to be able to do the work. Yes. And you're going to be blessed. You know, Because this is a great, great, great organization. All right. So anything new coming up? Um, we are looking. Uh, we have the launch event. That's the okay. one thing. Um, we're also looking to possibly have a basketball tournament down down the line. Okay. Uh, a lot of the guys have asked for that. But I was just like, y'all got basketball tournament money, so it's like <laughs> you know, me having to be very kind of forthright. And I'm like, y'all want all these extravagant things? They always um, want extravagant, oh, yeah. extravagant things when they don't have the money, oh, right? My gosh, yes. <laughs> they gotta they gotta work for that. Work they gotta work me. for yeah, right. You know. Um, yeah, and so those are the two major things, and then we're looking to, um, like I said, we're looking at our new cohort. Uh, we're probably going to start it in the beginning of next year while I'm trying to raise the funds because each guy that comes to our program, stuff like that, it's about seven to eight thousand dollars per person to Oof. get them up and running. Um, it's a lot because number one, Oof. you help them pay for like their suits, like because yeah. a lot of them don't have suits. You help um, then it's your time, right? So how much are you per hour? And there's the stipend. Um, that you give them to help them so they won't recidivate back into crime because if 
If you're just yeah. telling them to like, give up the one way that you're looking to make money and try to do this new way, and you don't have any support during that time, then what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, because a lot of them can't really navigate through welfare and through these other places because mm-hmm. they just, you know, they say, like, if you're not in a dire emergency, you ain't basically, you know, like, out on the street streets with no family, no friends, then you can't get the little tons of dollars a month we want to give you, you know? so That's sad. It, it that's, takes... That's absolutely that's sad. That's going to make up a lot of my time these next upcoming months. And it, and it hurts me as well because... There's a lot of brothers that's out there that we that needs to be in our program that needs the resources. But I, that's one of the hard things about being like uh, the president or being uh, you know the person that runs the organization. You kind of have to look long term, mm-hmm. and you got to say like, hey, I don't want you going through this program without making sure that we have a resource for you that whenever you need somebody or that could be working your case around the clock, I want to make sure I do the best for you. Mm-hmm. So. That's why I, um, you know, we're going to take a little bit of break and we're going to be, um, you know, working um, to maybe in the beginning of the uh, next year to then restart with the stipend program. Okay. All right. So the launch, um, the launch event is when, what day mm-hmm. and what time? Is it and how, and how can they mm-hmm. um, register for this event? Yes. So the event is on September the 17th in the Paul Robinson Cultural Center at Rutgers Nork. Okay. Uh, set from 4 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Okay. We'll be honoring Dr. Robert Johnson. The You can go on to my either personal Facebook, I mean personal Instagram page or the organization's, register, uh, the organization's page and um, Facebook page or fan page. And um, the flyers right there. You can sign up. You scan the QR code. Um mm-hmm. Or um, on our website also, we'll be updating our website to include the direct link to there. But it's through Eventbrite. So if you look up BBABN, Brothers Building a Better Nation, it'll send you to our event as well. Okay. So the best way is to go on either, you know, my social media. Um, and what is that? Cause oh, my, yes. Because <laughs> yep. you're talking to them. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, my social media is um, Quadia Porter, so okay. you can look me up through that way. Okay. Or um, Alpha Soldier, uh, I think it's Alpha underscore Soldier 06, mm-hmm. um, or on Facebook as well. You can follow me on Facebook and uh, for Quadia Porter, and you can see that. Um, best way is looking at our Brothers Building a Better Nation. Okay. When you look us up on, um, on Instagram or Facebook, we pop right up, and you can see our event right there. Okay, cool. All right, so is it, can you... So someone that is because you have a business and you know a lot of business owners like they just want to give up sometimes. So what advice could you give to other business owners out there? Because I know there's a few that's watching. Yes, um, going to business into something that you do on a daily basis and that you enjoy. Like I would have been doing this regardless if the nonprofit was up and running. Um, and I think that's what sometimes we you know. Uh, uh, that might be difficult for us. Like even real estate. Mm-hmm. I started the real estate business because I was homeless before. I need a place to live. So I might as well like, have a company that buys and owns real estate because number one, you're never going to be homeless. Mm-hmm. And number two, I love it. I love project management. I love, um, once again, there's something that is not new to my life. So I don't have to make an extra effort into it. When you're trying to make a sort of new business from scratch to something that you never have done before, 
um, then it's going to be a lot more difficult mm-hmm. because it's you have to integrate that into your daily lifestyle. So my main thing with a lot of people is that whether it's singing, dancing, or you know, coding, uh, uh, like you know, like on on a computer, um, or making uh, making bonnets like you do, and everything. Right. Do do something that you love and that you will be doing every single day because the thing is that somebody's going to need your services um, and just put an LLC to it, Mm. you know? Nice. So you heard that. You want to start a business, do something that you love and that you know something about because you're going to love it. Yep. So all business owners don't give up. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. There's always a rainbow at the end. A pot of gold at the end of yes. the rainbow. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's shift gears a little bit, real yep. quick. So I started this once I came back off of my one month hiatus. Right, right? I started mm-hmm. this game that's called Chill or Spill. Oh, okay. All right, so I did this with your mother. She liked it. And I did it with the first person that came on the show after my one oh. month hiatus, and everyone's so far saying that they love it. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna chill or spill your tea with me. Okay. All right, so. The purpose of this game, I'm going to give you a, a question, right? Okay. So you have the choice to either spill your tea or be like, no, nah, I want to chill on that. Okay. All right. So you ready? Yeah. All right. So first question, do you have any hidden talents? I can make websites. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know how to make websites. Yep. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. you just spilled it. Okay. Number two, mm-hmm. where's the weirdest place you've had had sex? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Chill Chill and spill. Um, as a president, I have to probably chill. Okay. All right. You're going to chill on that one. But my executive board uh, wants me out. <laughs> All right. DM me if you guys want to know the answer. All right. Well, we won't talk about this right. off air. We're on bandage mode. Right. All right. Number three. Have you ever returned or regifted a present? Chill and spill. Oh, no, I have not. I, oh. I can say honestly that. Okay. And we know that Christmas fiasco uh, years ago. <laughs> When we saw that happen, that was, I was like, I will never be in that situation. <laughs> yeah, our family can get a little crazy. All right, so, chill or spill on this one. What's your biggest fantasy? Chill or spill? My biggest fantasy? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Um, man, I, what is my biggest fantasy? My God. Um, it's probably, I'm such a nerd, probably going to Comic-Con. <laughs> Well, no, no, actually, it's an anime, so it's an anime. anime um, okay. It's an anime, like, like it's sort of like Comic Con, but it's like an anime one um, in Japan if they have it. Um, and I, it is big. I've never been to Japan. Okay. I'm big into cartoons, big into anime. Okay. And so, like, I want to nerd out and, like, you know, dress up my favorite, like, anime character and go there and just. I don't know what, I, I, I've heard about it, but mm-hmm. I really don't know what it is. But Japanese what, cartoons. That's okay, all Japanese, that's what it is. That's all okay. It is. Yep. All right, so that's your biggest fantasy. Yes. All yep. right, all right. Number five, mm-hmm. what's the most trouble you've been in? Oh my God. It was probably the time where Tanisha was babysitting me, and I was. That's your cousin. Yeah, that's my cousin, okay. Tanisha. So um, one day she was babysitting me, and for some reason I used the bathroom, and I didn't want to go back in the house. So, um, I used the bathroom outside and, I, and like so first of all Tanisha couldn't find me like she was supposed to babysit me I was like five or six and uh, so I was lost and so I was I was taking a dump in like the one side alley where we went to live in like Georgia King by GKV oh GKV right 
Shout like, out to it was those apartments back there. So That's my hood, time. y'all. Oh my god! So one of the ladies that was like, I think there was neighbor Aunt Tammy saw me outside on like in the alley, and she called my aunt. She's like, Tammy, your nephew is taking. And so when Tanisha found me and stuff like that, I, you know, of course I'm acting innocent. I'm like, oh, I was just out playing and everything. Yo, Aunt Tammy came in the house like roaring, just totally thrashed Tanisha. And then so as she got with her, she came in the room and she looked at me and she was like, it was about to go down. And I got, I, I got demolished. Tanisha was so mad. That's the biggest mm. trouble I ever got. All right. So why? Thank you for chilling and spilling your tea with me today. That concludes those questions and this entire interview. I really enjoyed it. It was very informative. And I just hope someone gained a lot of knowledge uh, from your organization. And I hope they know someone that can refer someone to you. And I really, truly appreciate you coming on the show. And I am very proud of you. And just keep reaching for the stars. Like, I know you will. Because you've always been a nerd. <laughs> you've always been a nerd. <laughs> your whole life. So, you can always come back on the show. Absolutely. You know, Thank you. anytime you want, just hit me up. We don't even have to talk about this. We can talk about something else. You are more than welcome to come back. Yes, and I always want uh, close to say that I really love you, cousin. I'm, I'm so am- amazed you. by the platform you're creating um, and the work that you're doing because it's it's interesting throughout the years in our family. You know, the women has always been the the backbone in our family. Um, unfortunately, because the men, a lot of us have not been able to uh, be as together as we need to be. A lot of times, the women in the family have been the one out to take care of the kids and stuff like that. And it's great to see now the new. Like the new era, the younger generation of the women in our family now say like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Well, I am going to get that master's. Mm-hmm. I am going to get that. Mm-hmm. Because for too many years, I feel as though the men just were not supporting the women in the family enough. Mm-hmm. And we were not given, you know, the the space and the opportunity for you, for not only yourself, mm-hmm. but the other women in the family to thrive. And so I'm just incredibly proud and honored, you know, to be your cousin, number one. Oh, and you. I want to continue to support your platform and anything you do, because that's how that's how we're able to grow and build is by, you know, iron sharpens iron. We yeah. both look to sharpen each other. That's true. Yep. That's true. So thank you, Quad. Of course. Love you, cousin. Love you, too. All right. So we're going to close out. Make sure you subscribe to my podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio and any other pl- podcast platforms. Um, please subscribe, rate, and comment. I thank you. I really appreciate you for tuning in today. And just keep spreading the love with Chillin' Spill Thank you. I'm out. Peace. Wow. <laughs>